Before we jump into today's conversation, let's take a moment to acknowledge our amazing sponsor, the Academy of Therapy Wisdom. Oh my gosh, we love this platform. They're the place I go now for all my CEUs. Stay tuned for a special offer at the end of the show. Please join us for our next live online workshop, Integrating Mind and Heart, April 3rd through 6th of 2024. This is an experiential, active workshop designed to engage you in brain states that promote relational learning. If you want to get closer, say the things that usually go unspoken and trust each other and yourself. To get through the hard moments, this is the workshop for you. Go to whydoesmypartner.com to learn more and register. Welcome to the Why Doesn't My Partner podcast. I'm Jules. I'm Vicki. And I'm Rebecca. We're your hosts. We're also couples therapists and messy humans bumbling through our own relationships every day. We met through our training and practice of relational life therapy. Between us, we have more than 40 years of experience holding hard relational questions with our clients. We're going to bring those questions here. And together, we're going to take a stab at answering those questions. This podcast is not a substitute for therapy. If something you hear in this episode stirs something deep within you about your relationship, reach out to a couples therapist in your area. We also love to hear your questions. So don't forget to go over to whydoesmypartner.com and leave us a question of your own. Here's today's question. Why does my partner get so emotional? Emotions are annoying. They don't serve a purpose anyway. This was me when I started therapy. Like my very first time in the therapist chair. In the therapist chair? No, like like in the the client chair. Client chair. Like I had never been, I was not a therapist yet. I had never been in therapy. I thought the whole thing was dumb. I was there basically out of desperation because I'd tried other things and couldn't figure out what to do to solve my problems. And I fought with my therapist for like three months about how stupid emotions were and stop getting me to name the damn feeling and like get away from me because emotions are stupid. And how did he convince you that you were wrong? He didn't. So what did? <laughs> Science. <laughs> All right, wow, you got to take us there then. Yeah. Uh, I always I thought it was him. So. Oh, no, 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 no. I mean, he was amazing and he never gave mm-hmm. up on me and he didn't judge me. He was a brilliant guy. And he never convinced me that feelings were helpful. <laughs> but the science totally won me over. So Antonio Damasio, for anybody who cares, wrote a beautiful book called Descartes' Error. I've heard of that. Back in 1994. Yeah. And... I haven't read it. Yeah, it's 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 kind of neuroscience heavy. <laughs> okay. But he writes he writes about neuroscience like a poet. So he says this thing. Emotions. Is this your first book that you read on neuroscience? That's a really good question. Probably. I think so. All right. I think so. Okay. He said this beautiful thing. Emotions are a cognition like any other cognition. They are the result of a most curious physiological arrangement that has made the brain the body's captive audience. I'm just chewing on those words. Me too. So he writes like a poet. So here's what he says. Let me break it down in English. He says, whether you like it or not, emotions are faster than thinking because... 
I know. <laughs> Sorry, I'm guys. Watching Vicky's face. <laughs> they are. They are. Emotions, like, right, whether whether you like it or not, emotions are faster than thinking, and emotions are not not thinking. Actually, emotions are a thinking. Emotions are dealing with a very particular problem. I have to figure out what all of this chaotic world means really fast so I can figure out what to do and how to send my body's resources places. I have to figure out what does it mean when you said that thing and raised your eyebrow so that I know how to respond to it. But I don't have time to think about it because that's too slow. So I have all these sensations and my body, my brain is watching my body. It's its captive audience. My brain is watching my body and trying to make sense out of all these sensations going on down here and all this input coming in and it's comparing it to everything I've ever learned. And in, you know, about an eighth of a second or so it goes, ta-da, meaning. And that meaning is what we like to call emotion. And it's faster than any thought will ever be. And so it doesn't matter if you like them or not, or think they're stupid or not. They are, will run your life because they are faster. That's one point. But the other point, which is even cooler, is how important they are in everything. It turns out that there are three different areas in your brain, your prefrontal cortex, your right parietal lobe, and your anterior cingulate cortex. For anybody who cares, there, there it is. So you can look it up. Plain English. There are these three different places that are hubs for processing emotion. And if you lose any one of them, you lose all sorts of stuff. You lose your ability to feel alive. You lose your ability to care. You lose your ability to make decisions. There's this brilliance. Yeah, go ahead. No, I was like, that's a prefrontal cortex piece. Some of that it. one. Some of it. But not all of it actually, no, because if I lose my right parietal lobe, I also cannot make decisions. Want to know why? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that's where all the visceral sensation enters into my brain. So in my heart space and my gut brain, they all end up there. And if I lose that part of my brain, I can't make decisions anymore. Why? Because I don't know what things mean because I lost my emotions because emotion is meaning. I want to capture Vicky's face. <laughs> and because it's all piecing together right now, Jules, you're describing, I'm all stuck and tangled, but first consciousness. That's right. The first consciousness is like the feeling. And then the second consciousness is the regulation of the feeling. And you don't get to not have feeling and be human and make decisions and be able to, there's this fabulous study. Um, like a, it was one of those case studies, this guy lost one of these areas of his brain and he couldn't, he would sit like trying to figure out how to choose which pen to sign a contract with. Should I choose the black pen because it matches the ink on the contract? Or should I choose the blue pen because I want it to stand out more? And he would sit there for like 45 minutes trying to pick out which pen to sign with. Why? Because he didn't have a way of processing meaning anymore because he lost his brain, the part of his brain that had the ability to know what he was feeling. I'm, I'm sitting here thinking meaning making is meaning making mm -hmm. is like an essential part of humanity. It is. This is like yeah, how we this, process the world. 
Right. And, and it, it's also partly what differentiates us from a lot of other species. Right. Well, kind of. I would say actually, of, I, don't, I don't think so. Because we all, all these species all over have emotion. My dog is making meaning. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm, okay. My dog is, to- I've, have you seen Layla's yeah. face? She's adorable, guys, by the way. You She's know, a 75 pound ball. Yeah, totally. Of yeah, course. Yeah, yeah. They're making meaning all the time. So they're processing the world and how they should respond to it. They are having emotion. They don't name it like we do, but that doesn't mean they're not having it. And so, mm-hmm. so what I think is really important here is one, you really want your feelings because you would not be functional without them. Like there was this case study in, in Damasio's book about a woman who lost her anterior cingulate cortex, which is like a hub of integration of emotional processing. And she was totally mobile. She could get up and stand and walk around if she wanted to. She chose not to. They had to move her and roll her so she wouldn't get bed sores. She did recover. They asked her, wasn't it painful? Why weren't you moving? And she's like, oh, yeah, it was painful. I just didn't care. Hmm. Give me the chills. Right? So, like, if you want to care about anything, logic is not the way. Logic is very helpful in organizing how we're processing all this emotion. I don't think of them as separate. I think of them as one larger integrated process of how we're talking about how our species happens to move through and interact with this world. So we have emotions which make up how we care. Mm-hmm about the meaning that we're making up. Logic helps us to organize that information. Right. And, come- and it, and it helps you like drill down and notice, Oh, what's important here. What should I learn more about? Right. So what we should learn more about is our feelings because they help us to care. And they help us to like know how to make decisions or move through the world or like where to even send the blood in your body to like, should I stand up right now? Right. But if we're talking about partnerships and relationships, Mm -hmm. so much of what we're talking about is about caring. Like, do I care about you? Do you care about me? What do we care about together? Totally. And that's all emotion. That's all emotion. And just look at it from a logical standpoint. If you, if you don't even care about caring, look at it from a logical standpoint. We would like to think this is a Bernani Brown quote. I love the way she says this. We would like to think we are thinking beings that sometimes feel. And that Mm -hmm. is not the reality. The reality Mm -hmm. is we are feeling beings that sometimes think. And I can't make your biology not be your biology. So whether you like it or not. You're a feeling. You're a feeling being. The difference is that you may be a feeling being who knows you're feeling, or you may be a feeling being yes. who doesn't know doesn't. what you're feeling. And yes. that makes all the difference. So we're talking about consciousness. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. So should we play the game? Oh, sure. Oh, tell yeah. me tell me the game. What's the, what's well, the game? <laughs> name that feeling. Oh, we should totally <laughs> play name that feeling. I love this game. <laughs> yeah. So... Here's the the science behind this game is the left brain and the right brain actually uh, coordinate um, uh, shushing each other. They calm each other down. Mm -hmm. And so if I name a feeling 
on the left side, I use my language center, then it actually down regulates or calms um, the part of my brain that's doing the feeling, which is a little bit more on the right, but let's not get confused because actually feelings happen all over. That amazes me. Yeah. That Na- just the, that's just, just naming, the it. naming it. Yeah. Because it help helps to organize it. it. Right. So okay. yeah. Naming feeling right now. I'm a little bit excited and relatively calm. Both are true. Okay. How can both of those be true? Well, it's totally those possible are for, are they? That's interesting. Aren't they? I don't think so. <laughs> Not wait, in wait, my how, body. How, how can we ask somebody else if their feelings are true? I love this question. Oh. <laughs> Fair. Except calm and excited are, are opposites. Are they? Aren't they? Not in my body. <laughs> oh, I'm so out of touch with my body that I can't speak to that part. <laughs> Don't worry. Your subconscious you're... brain is still watching your body. <laughs> <laughs> if you're excited, you're not calm. I don't know. I can be I, excited and calm I, at the same time. I mean, I I'm not like excited. Like I can be excited can about I? something that I'm learning and that I'm talking about and like okay. really into something. And okay. at the same time, like, oh, okay. this is like refreshing and it feels so good to take in this information. Thank you. Okay. Okay. I got there. Yeah. Yeah. And this brings us to, uh, okay. So skill number one today, name your feeling. If you mm-hmm. want to be connected with somebody, ask them what they're feeling. If you want to be connected with you, ask yourself what you're feeling, name that feeling is going to help calm it down. And we just had this wonderful moment of subjective reality. <laughs> <laughs> Subjective versus objective. So subjective being like, this is the personal, this is the lens I see the world through. Objective being like, well, that's fact-based. Right. So if Mm -hmm. we are like figuring out a bus schedule or wiring a house, please, please, please use objective reality. That's super important. (laughs) But if you want to be highly relationally skilled, (laughs) objective reality has no business in this space. (laughs) I can't fight you on that one. <laughs> right. So like I could, I could be with your feelings about wiring a house and like whatever you have is welcome there. But when it comes to actually doing the wiring, <laughs> I wasn't expecting that example. That really gave me the giggles. Right. <laughs> so, sub, so subjective so subjective reality is like the most important thing. Awareness of it, right? Like being aware that this is my subjective reality. Yeah. When it comes to relationships. Yeah, exactly. Being aware. Yeah. Right. Right. Because when it comes to relationships, like there isn't really an objective reality. Because whenever I'm seeing anything about what happened between us, even if we had a video recording of it, I'm taking it in through my own lens of how I see things. Right. Yeah. I mean, we could like count the steps and both agree you walked five steps, but I could say you were walking angry and you could say, no, I was walking sad. And who's right? And the answer is, who cares? (laughs) (laughs) because that's not what's important. What's important when it comes to being in relationship is feeling deeply seen. To be known. Mm -hmm. 
So I don't know, like Vicki, if you were thinking about it, if your partner like accurately named or even just was curious, like asked what you were feeling, how would it land for you? Oh, for me, it would land wonderfully and beautifully. Yeah. Um, Why? I'm, I, um, because I'm a very cognitively emotional person and I want to have that connection. Mm-hmm. And I'm actually not speaking for my husband right now because we haven't talked about this. I can tell you for some of my clients, they might feel like invaded by that. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. this is my, nah, like this is my privacy, but like this is, I don't want to be that vulnerable with you. And that's why I'm not talking about my husband because I haven't asked him that. Yeah. Um, but for some, so for me, that's not about being too vulnerable or violated. That's a wonderful connection. Yeah. And then for other people, yeah, it's so subjective. Mm -hmm. So for other people, it might feel like invasive a little bit. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, so if I, if I were to say to you, Jules, you look like you're pretty angry right now. (laughs) That's a good way to piss me off. You look tired. I'm like, yeah, that's the look I was going for. I mean, those yeah, are yeah. Not- right. Totally. Yeah. So I think, I think as a skill, w- naming that feeling works great for us. So if mm-hmm. I want to, if I want to help um, me feel seen, I could name that feeling. Yeah. But if for many of us, um, if we're asked what we're feeling or we're even told, Hey, I care about what you're feeling. If you want to share so it. Good. Right. Oh, if, if, if we're saying it like that, yeah. if someone says to us like, Hey, this is what I think you're feeling. That feels invasive. Mm-hmm. But if someone says to us with the openness, I'm really curious. I want to know what you're thinking. I want to know what you're fe- not thinking. I want to know what you're feeling. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then because we live here in America, we tend to often not everybody listening is in America. I'm realizing that as I say that out loud, but here in the States, most people answer, what are you feeling with a thought? Thought. Yes. Oh my God. They don't answer with feeling words. Yes. And so I love you- the ones that are like, well, I'm feeling that you're thinking that I yeah. am. <laughs> totally. <laughs> Which is not a feeling. No. So maybe what we're what we're inviting people to do is to have one of these meta conversations we talk about mm-hmm. with their partners mm-hmm. around, Hey, what feels good for you? Cause like for Vicky, it would feel great if I was like, Oh, that must've been scary. Are you okay? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And she just goes, mm-hmm. oh, that's so wonderful. <laughs> but for me, if you said that, I'd be like, stop trying to read my mind. You don't know me. <laughs> Right. And so for me, it's better if somebody says, I'm interested in it. If you want to share. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and what has worked well in my marriage is that I've shifted it from like, you know, I'm the therapist. I know emotions better than you do. And this is what you're feeling right now is when I've said, (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Better question is why did it take me 13 years to stop saying it? What I started to say is, I don't know how to, gently, I don't know how to interpret the look I'm seeing on your face. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can you tell me what's going on? And oh my goodness, he responds. Yeah. It's like, and sometimes yeah. it's I, like nothing's going on. Okay. And I don't push it like something's going on. That's what I used to do. 
And I go, okay. And oftentimes, I mean, sometimes he will very calmly say, oh, there's nothing going on, or this is on my mind, and this is on my mind. It, it shifted everything rather than me trying to tell him, I can see what you're feeling, and I know better than you do. So stop trying to tell me I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. Didn't go well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that never goes well. So, yeah. <laughs> so, so see here, here's, so we had two skills. One would be name that feeling that's mostly for you. And the other is embrace the subjectivity of it. Yeah. Yes. Cause you were experiencing one thing and he was experiencing a different thing. Yes. Yes. And that's okay. And that's okay. So that's a great place for us to land today. Yeah. With these, with these two skills, with naming the feeling and embracing the subjectivity. And let's just add in understanding the science. I was just going to say, yeah, understand the science. Em- and really Embrace yourself as a feeling being like it or not. It is you mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it or not. like it or not. <laughs> the science behind it. Well, Rebecca saw my face. <laughs> my mind. It was it, it will. It, it, it pieced everything together for me. So thank you for that. Yeah. All right. I'm make those faces like vocal or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We'll see you guys next time. (laughs) Take care. Bye-bye. That wraps up this week's episode. Join us again next week for another Why Does My Partner? We hope that you continue to listen wherever you get your audio and that you'll follow the show. To go deeper, join us at our bootcamp. You'll find the next date at whydoesmypartner.com. Did you know you could ask us your question? Your questions are relational gold. Go to whydoesmypartner.com to either write in or record your question for a future episode. We want to tell you more about our sponsor, Therapy Wisdom. Jules is one of their amazing educators, and you can also find teachers like Janina Fisher, Bessel van der Kolk, Deidre Fay and Akila Riley Richardson, plus a bunch of people you might not have heard of, but will definitely want to start following once you take their courses. And because you listen to us, the Therapy Wisdom team is offering a secret code to give you free access to one of my one-hour wise conversations. Use the code WDMP at checkout. If you're a licensed therapist, coach, healer, or someone who's invested in doing the deep work of personal healing and want to learn about topics like neurobiology, supporting trauma healing, incorporating intersectionality and somatic work, then this is the place for you. Discover some of the most heart-led and quality courses available in a community of people who are invested in spiritual growth, equity, inclusion, and developing expert-level clinical skill. Visit therapywisdom.com or click the link in the show notes and use the WDMP discount code. Thanks, Therapy Wisdom. We love you.